Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast with Cribs. Before we get into our next guest, I just want to remind you that if you are looking for an investment property, looking for the next high growth market and want to know how to secure that good quality asset, you need to talk to me and the team. We are looking across the whole Australian Eastern Seaboard, only work with the best developers in the industry, can help you secure that asset, do the cash flows, have a good understanding about where you're going to find that growth. So ultimately, secure that investment and keep on building that fantastic portfolio to achieve the long-term dreams. Reach out to the team, have a chat to me, and let's get into this next show. Hey guys, Dominic Nesha here from Cribs, and today we are with the powerful Jason Barlow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Man, good to have you again. Good You're to be back. I very, love, very I love being here. I love this, you know, I love this setup. I love the environment. I love jamming with you. It's awesome. Yeah, we've got the greenery going. Yeah, we've got the greenery this time. Man, I, I've got some questions for you. I want to yep. go deep in your neighborhood. Yep. And then I want to ask you some specific questions okay. for buyers to help them go and get good properties. Okay. And then we want to get your market outlook. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to jump into the first question. Let's do it. All right, man. So I think the first thing that we've had a bit of questions about is um, you're obviously a, a pro in the inner west, particularly city fringe yep. kind of stuff. Yep. yep. Um, where do you think or where within these areas do you see the best value? You know, for let me let me preface this question. So people were looking at Redfern a couple of years ago and say okay. that was a good emerging market. Okay. Yeah, what what emerging markets are you seeing for firstly new entrants, and then we can talk about investors and downsizers. The question is, why was Redfern that sort of sleeping giant, right? And it was because there was not a lot of attention on that area for a long time because it did have, uh, it did have, you know, it, it had that sort of word Redfern. You know, people wanted to see clear from it, so there were people. In fact, a lot of early sort of Lebanese migrants and, and uh, Greek migrants bought a ton of property out that way, so they've done very well, obviously, for themselves. They had the foresight. So I guess, and to answer your question. There's a lot of good areas. Like I, I think Lewisham's a great spot. Um, Stem was sort of picked up a lot. Lewisham, I like Dulwich Hill a lot. I like Helston Park. There's there's just sort of you know a little bit on the quiet side at this point in time. But I would say best value for buyers at the moment follow the current light rail trail that's coming through. There's one happening in Five Dock. Are you talking about the metro? Metro, my apologies. Yes. So follow, like Five Docks, are, it's a real sleepy sort of suburb, you know, in terms of lo like low entry property prices, you know, like the apartment space, whatever. You know, if you bought there near sort of where the proposed metro is going to be, uh, you'll do quite well because, you know, it's buyers don't see what's in, f they can't see ahead. They only see what's in front of them. Right, they're so not seeing for ten years. They're, they're not today. Seeing, correct. So, so in terms of in terms of that, I would say just that's just the most basic form of it. Um, I would I would look at those particular spots. So, just for for those of you that aren't aware and haven't been paying attention, but on the twentieth of December, Andrew Constance, um, we're trying to get you on the show, Andrew. But um, the transport Come on the minister, show, Andrew. yeah, the transport minister and, and Gladys have all announced that basically they're going to fast track the. Um, Metro West, and they plan to try and get that done by 2030, ideally 2026 or something like that. But they've announced seven rail stops and Five Dock yeah. is one of those sleeping giants. Five Dock, um, they're putting one um, They're putting one around the White Bay um, where I'm at at the moment. Like anywhere that sort of has a lot of infrastructure taking place, 
really, it deters a lot of buyers. So when buying a property, what happens is way properties get premium prices is when there's a lot of buyers that come through the door, you know, there's a lot of competition for that property um, and a lot of people fear missing out on that particular property. When you have a lot of construction, a lot of noise and a lot of kind of things happening, people get scared off and go, well, I'll just, it's, I'll pay 50 grand more and go over here, right? And so mm. what happens is the attention goes away from that particular property. And so for me, I always look at that and go, well, it's just great value. Like it's just, you're picking up something. Yeah, you can live with it for two or three years while the construction takes place, but you'll be a happy camper in a couple of years, that's for sure. Man, I really agree with you there. So let me just stay on Five Dog for a second yeah. because one of the biggest problems that you have at Five Dog, not problems, it's good and bad. Transport. Transport. Yeah. It's hard to get in and out. You have Parramatta Road. The bus, is, the bus system is shit. Let's, <laughs> sorry to... <laughs> there's nothing there. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful a suburb yeah. close to the city yeah. but you can never get in and out. Exactly. exactly um, right. Do you... So that's a good sleeping giant. Yeah. Where are you seeing good buyers in your area for uh, new entrants? Like what, what's a good buy in your eyes for new entrants? So good good buys really like it comes down to like less than a million, let's say. Less than a million. Less than a million, I would I would suggest look, the real estate is all about serviceability. So it comes you have to think about so to give your to give these guys the most value. You've got to understand how much you can afford to service at that point in time. If you uh, buy in an area, say Camperdown, you can get a great unit in Camperdown for under a million, whether mm. it be a one or a two bedroom, um, you know, two bedrooms thereabouts. Um, if you can afford to, you know, you don't need to, like, you know, that's always going to be rented, right? But then if you sort of go into those areas, like, you know, even a little bit out of, not on a tra tram line or a train line, um, you know, if you go to like the Earl Woods and things like that, then you're starting to sort of, you know, you're getting good value. Not a lot, you know, you're in terms of serviceability, it's going to be a little bit tougher because you're going to get, it's not going to be um, as a highly sought after area to rent. Um, but I think, I think it would, would be great as well. That, that sort of pocket, Elwood, Barwell Park, those areas, they're pretty good areas because they're sort of the fringe of the inner West. That's sort of, on that it's kind of on that border mm. um so i think if you can buy you can buy a three bedroom unit there for like you know 800 grand right like i see so you're getting you know way more bang for your buck bang for your buck um still good proximity to the city it's only a matter of time before people go you know what because they've got a station out there anyway they've got that barbell park and so people go well you know it's only a matter of time right so in terms of value for money i would suggest and in terms of compete competing in sort of blue chip areas, you're gonna get outbid most of the time. You're gonna miss out most of the time. So I think you wanna do yourself a favor and sort of go in areas that are slightly on the edge of those prime areas. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah. So everyone's kind of paying attention was, to some areas and yeah. saying, what's the fringe? What's just outside of people's vision? Yes, correct. Yeah, exactly I interrupted right. you. What were you going to say there? No, I was so I was going to say like Marrickville now is running so hot. Yeah, I like Marrickville. Yeah, I know a lot of people like Marrickville. Like Marrickville's value for money. Sydenham is another one. I've Sydenham's spoken another about one. A couple of times. Exactly. Okay. Well, mate, we've got some we've got some um, definite uh, locations. I, I I get like a mixture of both wanting to give information away, but then I'm very jealous. I'm like, I don't want yeah. people to know about my little hotspot. No, that's yeah. I I get the whole dynamic. The key the thing is right. It's just a matter of making the decision to do something, which I'm sure it's something that we'll talk about. Making the decision to do something. It's like what you have, what information you have, but 
you kind of have to make hay while the sun shines. You got to act. Got to act. On that point, let me ask you about this. So you're obviously working in the inner western suburbs. Yep. And you've worked in a number of different transactions, you know, townhouses, terraces. You've got bigger sort of freestanding commercial stuff. You've got apartments. Yep. What are some of the biggest mistakes that people make when buying in your area? So let me just try and preface that with a little bit. So it could be that they're buying something that's going to be more work than they realize or they're not doing their homework in strata. Like what kind of mistakes are you seeing that are common that people are falling into? What traps, what pitfalls? Great question. Number one, the number one, ready for this? Is not buying. (laughs) Okay. Like, and that's the truth, right? Yeah, it's too expensive. Indecision is the most costly and hindsight costs people a ton of money that they don't realize, right? The biggest thing that I get from buyers, and this is not a sales pitch, I'm just saying, people come to me and say, Jason, like literally had one of my buyers at our auction on Saturday, she made the first bid of 1.1 for a two bedroom unit. She loves the area, it was Glebe, she loves it. It was actually her, I finally got her to bid at auction. She's been looking for a long time. She's a good buyer. Finally, was like, okay. And then I just literally got a text and I'll show you the text after this. It says, Jason, I regret actually not buying it because I, I love Glebe. I want to stay in Glebe. This is the area I want. And I should have bought that unit. And like, that's, to me, I go, well, okay. Maybe at the time you think you're paying something more, but real estate is a funny game, right? It's not, there is no sticker price for real estate. It's just a matter of what you value at what point in time. Mm-hmm. And market value is really, you know, it, in terms of, let's say an auction, right? Everyone at auction that buys is actually buying a premium because the second best bidder, you're, you're, you're paying an extra X thousand dollars over the, you know, the next best bidder. So you're paying over the market, right? You're paying more than the next guy. Which is over the market. Yeah. Right? So, and so people kind of get confused about all these things and they start to go, oh, I don't want to pay this much for this. And, I, and that's all well and good, but it's just a matter of understanding, you know, what you're buying, what you want, what's the orientation of the property, how much light does it get, what's the streetscape, what are, like you know what school catchments is it in are you a fa- like are your family with, with two kids and you're going to have a third kid and you need more space then you know don't buy a two bedroom house you're going to need more space you know just you know people people buy for what they have now they don't sort of foresee the future and see, situations change all the time as well mm. um sorry did i i can't yeah, remember you, what no, you, you, so you, the, what you said there was the biggest mistake that people are making in your area is and um, procrastination and putting off buying and look, I agree with you. What you're saying there makes a lot of sense because there's a perceived value of a dollar today yes. versus a couple of dollars in the future. And what's interesting is they might not spend an extra 10,000 bucks, but what's 10 grand in the scheme of 10 years? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Okay. I like that. Now let's jump into the next one. Um, what, this is an important one because I'm helping, I help a lot of my friends yep. and family buy property. Yep. But what's the best way to approach buying property in your area? Yeah. Again, let me preface this with, um, like, what's a good process of finding, sorting, qualifying? Okay. Qualifying is in what kind of things should buyers do? And then I also want to move on to what kind of questions or what, what should you be asking the agent? So, so you're a buyer, you're going out there and yep. you're going to start the process of buying. How do you go about that? Okay. And then when you found something that you like, how do you qualify it? And then how do you engage an agent? Like what should you be asking? Okay. So uh, all great questions. So w- the way I would, I would go about the, the way I go about my process, I identify what I want. So 
So what do I want? Do I want an apartment? Do I want a freestanding house? Do I want a townhouse? Do I want a block of units? Do I want a boarding house? Do I want a development site? What do I want? Right. Mm. And then so I sort of go, okay, this is what I want. What's sort of what's sold, you know, in and around these areas that's similar to what I like to give me start to give me understanding of what prices have been over the last six or twelve months. So right? establish value. How much establish value? Pay, yeah? Go out and see every property like for like that I possibly can or look at as many properties as I can to sort of start to go through and then start to determine what are the important things for you. You're not going to get, unless you've got $10 million for a four-bedroom house, you're not going to get everything that you want. You know, do you want, you know, a north uh, orientation in, in the yard, which for us is like prime time because you want all the sun in the yard because that's Aussies, that's where we spend all our time, right? Outdoors, sort of barbecues, you know, or do you want the east and the west, sort of morning and afternoon sun because you're, you're not around during the days? You know, is road noise going to impact the house at certain times? So, do, you know, like you've got to start to go, how would I go about living here? Am I going to be happy here? Because... The difference between happiness and unhappiness is where people go wrong. Yeah, so, so if, if, to, to put that in a sentence, it's almost a set a hierarchy of needs. What's most important yes. to you because yes. you're not going to get everything. Yes. But what's number one, two, yeah. three, and what are you willing to forego? Yes. In value, you know, yeah. Whether it's money, yeah. I'm willing to pay more money, or is it yeah. I'm willing to get rid of some noise because we're going to be in the backyard. So yep. establish that. Yeah. And then how do you go about then qualifying the properties? Should people get building inspection, strata reports? Are there things that matter in yeah. contracts that they should be mindful yeah. of? Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I don't know about most agents, but I think most agents these days, um, or certainly us, we always have, so for houses, we have a building report out, which people can buy and download, strata reports for apartments or you know strata title properties, including townhouses. So... You want to get all the information you can for the particular property that you want or you identify. And, you know, a lot of people sort of say, well, I don't want to, you know, pay, f- you know, 80 for us, it's like 80 to $90 for, for one of these reports. They say, well, we don't want to buy it. It's like if you identify all your needs and wants and it comes down to, say, two or three properties, well, then it's just a cost of doing business. So you kind of go, well, I've got to spend a couple of hundred dollars here on a couple of different reports, Yeah, get that sort of fundamental understanding because it's like an insurance policy, right, on your car. You don't want to, you know, you take out an insurance policy, you may never have a car accident, right? So it's the same thing. Um, so I would do that. I would look at, if it was a strata property, look at the history of the building. I would look at... Um, you know, has there been any major issues? And if they have been major issues and it's been rectified, I'll look at the time it's been rectified in. If it's been a strata that's sort of active or proactive and they do things really quickly, I get a lot of confidence out of that. Mm. So I think that's uh, that's a really positive sign. So, because there's always going to be issues no matter what you look at. Buildings always deteriorate. You know, the old expression goes, my dad told me this is, land appreciates, buildings depreciate. Simple. Right? So buildings get wear and tear, they become worn and blah, blah, blah. It's just, na- it's just part of the natural progression, right? So part of that is, it's okay to see that problems happen with buildings. Correct. It's see how the strata has allocated funds, yes. how they've managed their resources, how yeah. they raised levies. Yeah. So that's why you're getting it to see if there have been issues, how have they been rectified, Correct. how expensive, and is there is there room to then catch any issues in the future as well? Exactly. I like it. And then how do you engage these agents? Like 
how do you, what, what should you be asking okay. them? Like some people say, oh, how many people have gone through the property or why is the person selling? What are the things that you think a buyer should be asking an agent and why? So it's a, this is a great question. Like asking questions first and foremost is the most important. You know, going into a property, if you start to make, you know, a lot of rookie buyers would come into our properties, like, you know, price points that we sell, you know, around that 800 or whatever, you know, people are going, uh, start making statements about the area. Like they're trying to, I think they're trying to deter us on price and things like that, which is, um, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's completely fine, but you're not going to get the information you need to help you make a successful purchase. Right. So I would be asking questions, around things that are again most important to me so if there are issues with the building hey you know have you you know obviously if that agent has done a lot of deals in that area you know maybe ask him hey have you seen anything else like this how has it been rectified is there a solution you know where would you you know how do you point me in the right direction who are the people to talk to who are the experts so you know we have you know, in our area, there's there's some properties that have some subsidence. So, like, on one side, it sort of subsides because, you know, particularly around, like, sort of the inner west or Glebe, there were all these old, you know, it was all dirt roads and there used to be, like, horses used to go on these roads, you know what yeah. I mean? And you see these oh, big... Brick pits and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so you do get some subsidence and that's okay. There are, there are companies that have some, you know, real like genius solutions to this stuff and it can be pretty inexpensive in the grand scheme of things. So so just to clarify, subsidence is when it's falling down? When it's falling down, yeah. yeah. So there are simple solutions, but so some people, they freak out. And they're like, oh, and they talk themselves out of a deal. They say, this is all too hard. When in reality, you know, these people could have bought a house for 1.3, seven, eight years ago and spent say 30, 40,000 over the course of the last five years and now they're selling their house for two mil right do you know what i'm saying so like it's just it's all hindsight is is that's what i'm saying hindsight is what costs people a lot, a lot of money people assume the worst when in reality a building is always you got to assume a building is always going to have its issues and you just got to think well there's got to so it's not the first building in Australia that's going to have an issue. So certainly there's going to be a solution to that issue. So it's just a matter of asking the right questions to get the solutions that you need in order to help you make a deal. Okay. So it sounds like ask the agent about what kind of issues or things are happening with the property, but then also be courageous enough to ask the agent what kind of solutions have they seen in the past? Yeah. Because it sounds like to me, if you're able to to remove some of the problems, that's where you're going to make a lot of value as well. Correct. The perceived problem may be way bigger than what the actual issues may be. Exactly right. What other questions would you ask an agent? So is I it would, worth asking oh, how many people have come through? Yeah, where? 100%. 100%. And the reason why... So how truthful the agent's going to be? No, you have to. Well, you, I mean, look, you ask. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for anybody else. Yeah. Um, you know, but I can speak for myself. You know, there's, you can't like, it's hard to live a lie in our business because yeah. you're going to get found out. Right. So, um, you, the way you want to, you know, you want to ask that question. The reason why you want to ask that question is because you want to understand if there's a lot of demand for that property. If you know that there's a lot of demand right now for the property in five years, there's going to be a lot of demand for that property as well. So it's good to know that there's a lot of interest on a particular property mm. because you know, that interest will always come back. Even when the market goes and comes back and goes and comes back, you know, when it's sort of all scarce, but you know, at one point in time, it's going to come back and there's going to be a lot of interest in that property again. 
That's interesting. So don't be deterred if there is a lot of interest. It just means Correct. it's a popular exactly. street, a popular exactly. house for a reason. Exactly. And you've identified a gem for one exactly. of those words. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like a lot of people sort of say, oh, how many contracts out? That's actually not the right question to ask these days. I would ask how many building inspections have gone out these days or how many strata reports have you guys issued? I see. Because everyone asks for a contract. Well, everyone wants a contract just for whatever reason. Have a look at it. We get asked for contracts before even people look at a property. Um, And so that's okay. Um, But it really doesn't determine these days. But money. How many people have gone to spend a hundred bucks on a report? That's that's precisely my point. Okay. Are there any other good questions that you'd you'd ask agents? Um, If you're going to go out there today and buy something? Uh, look, I, I would, I would try to find out about feedback, uh, around price. If there's been any offers made, um, if there was an opportunity to buy it at a certain point in time, whether it's before auction or at auction, um, you know, in terms of like, certainly we get questions all the time, you know, will this prop, you know, will the owner sell prior to auction? And we'd say, well, you know, what? That's a great question, but it's like in a real. How much? Yeah, it's like how much, right? Like yeah. you know, like what, what do you, where do you see value? And you know, they kind of, yeah, it's, it's just about getting really clear on what you want. If it's something that you believe you want to secure it, and you're happy to pay a premium at auction, you're going to pay a premium anyway. Like I said to you, because the second best buyer is going to be, let's say, a million, and you're going to be the best buyer a million twenty, you've paid twenty thousand dollars above the market, right? So it's all you're always gonna be ahead of the market, right? So whether you want to wait to auction or you mm. want to buy it before, um, just understanding sort of values, um, sort of price points of where of where the buyer feedback has been. So on that point about talking about buyers, what are some of the recent best buyers or recent success stories that you've seen or some good buyers that out there you thought, fuck, that shouldn't have sold for that price. Like, well, uh, they, that one, uh, that's a good buy. Well, that's a great property. Like a great, like a great buy. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's okay. I, I, I won't say where, uh, you know, just, but anyway, I'll. Protect your vendors, but just give it. One yeah, of my, yeah. co- we just sold a property on Saturday for, it was a two bedroom unit. Yeah. Uh, my, my owner, or our client bought it uh, 12 months ago for 875 and we sold it for 115. Ooh. Yeah. 12 months ago. Wow. Um, you know, man, 12 months ago, there was not a lot of activity. There was a property that was uh, that we saw, which I think is a cracker property. Uh, it's in, it was in Glebe, big terrace, and uh, that the owner was trying to get 1.7 for it. Um, it was with another agent, sort of the start of this year, even just before the election time. Uh, it was no, sorry, it was sort of going on last year, coming into this year, and then we we sold it two weeks in prior to auction um, for one eight six. Clearance rates were like forty percent last year or something, weren't so they? Like fifteen percent. Yeah, that was shocking, and they yeah. really come back. So you really like it was just all a matter of putting a deal together last year. It's the same this year. You got to sort of be able to really, you know, in terms of getting the best price for your client or best, you know, to give value to your buyers. You know, um, so this is a good sales. What about good buyers? Without, without, like, have you seen any, any good properties or hidden gems or some deceased estates or something that you thought, wow, so, that was that so, was good. I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, there was one. There was one in. There was one in Stanmore, and I, I probably. Sh- I don't think I can. I can't disclose. There was an undisclosed price. It was sold by an agent through a buyer's agent who's someone that I do a lot of transaction with as well. 
and they um they bought it off market for two two the sim a similar property had sold a week later in Samoa as well for like 2.75 um so that was probably one of the best buys going around town wow um so on that note you see value in working with buyers agents yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred fifty percent. Because it's all about, it's like uh, you and I can make sandwiches. Yeah. But you're not going to come here and make a sandwich, right? You're going to go pay 10 bucks for a sandwich, correct? Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Like, there's, yeah, everyone wants to sort of go, oh, I want to look at properties. I want to do this and I want to do that. But the thing is, people miss out more on they are successful. Yeah, that's the truth, right? It takes, it takes, you know, real, real estate.com stats said it takes, you know, uh, it was like, you know, 360 in, on a 360 houses people sift through, uh, 11, 11 open, 11 open inspections to buy a property. I'll get the stuff. I'll, I'll send you the link to the stats. It's actually a really interesting read. And um, so it, you're actually losing out more than you're ever going to win, right? So having a buyer's agent that, can fast track the process from here to here and that understands values better than you do because you look at those price points and those particular houses day in and day out, mm. you're obviously going to do that much better than them. And it's just a matter of, you know, some people don't want to, to pay for it because they they don't see value. They think, well, I can just go on realestate.com and I can look through properties, but there's more to it. Way more. There's more off-market properties, there's inside information, there's zoning. Well, there's a lot of people don't know what they're buying. You know, I'm writing off all this information. People are probably going, what the hell is this guy talking about, right? But the thing is, people will buy something and then they'll get, you know, buyer's remorse after six months and go, why did I buy this property? We mm. see it all the time, you mm. know? And that's the thing. A buyer's agent can tell you, hey, this is the kind of house that you want or this is the kind of investment that you want and here are the reasons why. Things that you never would have picked out on and I, that's tremendously valuable to somebody. Okay. Last question. Yep. Where do you see the market going in the next, let's say six, six to 12 months? It's good news for your buyers out there. For the buyers? <laughs> good news for the buyers, not so for the sellers. I believe what will happen, supply. Right now, what's happening is there's a real, there's a real tightening around stock levels and it's, and it's been really tight for a couple months. It's what we're calling a false bubble in the market. So what's happening is the market's rebounded and come back in some cases and has we're selling properties higher than what we were in 2017, which was the heat of the with the top of the market, supposedly, right? And so what happened was, and so because of a shortage of stock, things have just gone gangbusters. Now, market, the general economy, I mean, we just had it, the last time I was here, since I was here last time, we've had another interest rate drop, right? So the economy is not doing that great, even though, Recently, there was some news about unemployment, slight increase. There's some good signs there, which is all great. Um, but the economy is not doing that great. So what will happen is what we, what I think there's going to be a lot of, and people chase, people follow sentiment. So what's going to happen is a lot of the good news stories that came out over the last three months, all these prices that I'm telling you about, these big prices and all this sort of stuff, people are going to get wind of it and going to go, oh, 
you know what? Maybe I can get that for mine. Maybe I can get that for mine. If I do that, I can go over here and I can do this. So once good news and more positivity comes back into the market, which it's already doing, and now we're starting to see it in the papers, in the domain, in REA, like everywhere you go, there's a lot of positivity. Come March, April, around that Easter time, we feel there's going to be a lot more stock. Well, I certainly feel there's going to be a lot more stock. Once more stock comes on the market, then prices are going to come back. Okay, it's so that you simple. think that good good times, people are saying, hey, time to sell my property. There's going to be an increase in stock. The demand that's there is not going to meet the, the, the amount of supply. Yeah. And there will be a bit of a, um, a Yeah, once, a more supply, once more supply comes into the market, mm. um, there's going to be a falling price for sure. Jason, thank you very much for your words of wisdom Tom, today. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Catch you all later.